Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast and Merry Christmas. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. How are you doing today, Pete? What's up? I like that. Merry Christmas. Can I say Merry Christmas on the Riot Podcast? Is that allowed? Yeah. What does Christmas mean? Christmas means hope. Christmas? Well, it's Christ. Mas. So I want more of Christ. Oh, it's the Spanish version. Yeah. Christmas. (laughs) Mas. Mas. So a lot of people don't want to say Christmas for that reason. Yeah. What do you think when when people do the Xmas? What is it? Does does that bother you? Yeah, because they're getting rid of Christ and from the equation. I know it it, it bothers me too. Well, I, I mean, I've it, read some stuff where it's not really a, a negative thing, but I don't know. Didn't I, we I don't talk like about it. last year like Saint Nick or something? The story of that. Seriously, you want me to remember a year ago? I think we did. Why don't you just go back to episode number six and figure that Whatever out? Whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, it's like the story of Saint Nick was he started and he was a real saint. He really wanted yeah. to help people. He left gifts. He blessed yeah. people. And then, um, so that was kind of how the tradition happened. Is we Santa Claus is real. Yeah. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Six-year-old listening to this. What? It is real. Yeah. But I mean, that's kind of how it started. But then the Christians yeah. got in and they said, yeah, that's a great way. But let's also celebrate the birth of Jesus. But people don't realize that the birth of Jesus isn't oh, actually in December. I knew you were going to go there. You're going you're gonna to wreck everybody's world by telling them it was in March or April. I think it was. <laughs> it was probably like April 17th, to be honest. I knew you were <laughs> right go in there. that area. I think we talked about that last year, too. Uh, but I mean, if you look at the Jewish calendar, and so, yeah, so it, it had to have been like, like BC2. Next year, or you should just be, do a whole show on that, and then you can. A, a while back, I, I really did d- like deep dive into that, just trying to understand exactly when he was. That's too funny. Yeah, that was not part of the show prep, but I knew yeah. it. As soon as that date came up, I'm like, oh, he's going to go there. I knew it. But I Christmas, it. Christmas. So Speaking we, of Christmas. We celebrate it. Yes. Do you have any like great memories of Christmas or traditions that your family does or just something that sticks out that you want to share with our amazing podcast audience today? You know, when I was a kid, that we what we always did was we had our all of our families, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, our grandpas, our grandparents. We all got together, and it was a lot of fun. So every year, that was kind of like a big family, you know, reunion. And um, they, we haven't done that in geez, like ten years or so, maybe seven years. Wow. And we used to host it all the time. So our house, we would host it. And everybody would come to our house and then we would celebrate it. But that was fun. I mean, that was something we always did. But I mean, as far as the memory, I was I was thinking about this. There's something did happen. One of my Christmas, I was probably about I was in fourth grade. I was probably about 10 or 11 years old. And I wanted a uh, a mongoose bike so bad. I remember and, those. and I was like, I wanted that. And I was like, I wanted, I, and, and it was, you know, I pray and I said, God, if I, if you would just bless me with this and, and I really want it. And, and it was Christmas time. And, uh, I was praying that God would put it on Santa's heart or whatever. And probably my parents, I knew at that time, but I would do it. And I remember getting up that morning and uh, going down and, you know, the anticipation, I didn't sleep at all that night. I remember this night very, very good. And I went down and I opened up the presents and there was no mongoose. There was no bike. 
And I remember being so disappointed that Christmas and, and so distraught. And I remember going up and crying in my room and, and, and praying to God and just saying, God, I can't believe you don't love me. And, and I was really upset with God. I just couldn't believe that. He knew how badly I wanted it and I didn't understand it. Well, lo and behold, about two or a month later, it was, uh, we started uh, this uh, early baseball season and they wanted us to start selling these um, cheese balls, right? For, for thing and cheese and all these different things for, for, for baseball. And I, and there's, you know, there's probably what, five, 300 kids that participate, maybe more. I don't know. It's huge, right? These big baseball things. So fundraiser. Yeah. Fundraiser. And so I ended up selling more than everybody else. And I won the grand prize and the grand prize was like, I think it was like $200, $150. And I got that $150 and I went down and I bought my mongoose, the very best there was and, and, and everything else. And God spoke to me after I got it. And it was right during that time. And he used Christmas to get this, my attention. But he spoke to me and he says, listen, I still answered your prayer. I just didn't answer it the way that you wanted me to answer it. Hmm. And I taught you a lesson through all of that. And so that's something I learned as a kid. Here I am at 10 to 11 years old. I look back now and that's a big memory for me. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? I've got, uh, man, I don't know. There's so many, there's so many Christmases under <laughs> in my rear view mirror. But, you know, a couple really stand out. The the first one I spent with my, my wife, Crystal, and we weren't married yet, but it was 1998, and she took me home for Christmas. And they had an ice storm, like the day before Christmas or Christmas Eve, and there was no power. <laughs> so we were living in this house, and uh, they had somehow her, her dad rigged up in the bonus room to put uh, the, get the heater working. So there was no electricity, but he could get the heater working because I guess they have gas. I don't know how it works, but Propane. so all of their neighbor or all their relatives from around came, and so we had like a million people in the house up in the bonus room. It was like a like a dormitory. There were, there were people sleeping everywhere because it was the only place that was warm. But so that was kind of a weird memory. So my first Christmas home with with Crystal's family and uh, how inviting and how loving they were, mm. and so that was really cool. And then another kind of special one is. Sammy, my daughter's second Christmas. So her first Christmas, she's still really young and, you know, six months old and couldn't really, you know, ex- she's still a baby, right? But her second Christmas, she's a year and a half. She was just, she was just started walking and seeing um, the the joy and the miracle of Christmas through the eyes of a of an 18-month-old was just amazing. Um, so that those are the two that really stick Stick in my memory. Any traditions that you've done as a kid? Are you still doing? Or yeah, um, opening one gift on Christmas Eve. Yeah, we've so done that. So we do that. Um, it's funny. Both of our families did that. So that's something that that we've continued. Um, Chris, you know, it's funny. We had um, so in my family, all the gifts were wrapped on Christmas morning. I think it, Crystal's family had a little different tradition. The, the the gifts from Santa Claus were not wrapped; they were just there. You know, they were just in under the tree or in the uh, in the living room. So that was a little different, um, and and a, a topic for debate as uh-huh. <laughs> as we're in a new marriage and trying trying to figure out what to, what's the right way to do things. And uh, you know what I've learned. Her way is always the right way to do things. So. Yeah, you just say yes, yes, <laughs> yes <honey>. ma'am. <laughs> That's right. Happy wife, happy life. So, um, 
but their family's amazing, and we've spent every Christmas with her family um, since then. And now, I mean, with my parents gone, it makes it a little a little easier. Um, but yeah, that's kind of been the tradition: is to go to Virginia, spend uh, a week or two up there every Christmas, and uh, which is cool because it's it's cold, and you know, once a decade we get snow flurries and. So that's fun. So. Yeah, it doesn't snow much there, huh? No, no. Yeah. They're so far east. I mean, Western Virginia gets a lot of snow, but to, you know, out out east by the ocean, it doesn't. They don't get much. I miss snow. I really liked coming well, in California. We always got a lot of snow, and so we would, you know, we would have the opportunity to go up to the mountains and to be able to experience the snow up there. So I, I do miss that. I miss the snow. My daughter is in Alaska right now. That's crazy. She just sent a in video. December. What's she doing? You're supposed to go in June or yeah, July. No, that's right. She just sent a video. She goes, this is definitely a Hallmark, Hallmark movie. You know, she's just showing all of the snow. and. Yeah. you get like three hours of daylight? What? No, I think there's more there. I think it just ends like at four or something. Oh, I think that's not so bad. Uh, yeah, the north part is the very furthest part of Alaska. When you get up by the Arctic all Circle. all 24 hours Yeah, dark. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not because Alaska is huge, man. It is. It can almost almost take up most of the United States. It's crazy. I think. Yeah. yeah. I and mean, you lay, do a layover over top of the continental United yeah. States. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's big. So, I want to go. I've never been. You haven't it's been one of my three States that I haven't oh. been to. Well, if you could do it, just do it in a, on a cruise. Okay. Yeah. When? That's sign that up. Sign me up. Yeah. Because you go to, you go down from yeah. Ketchikan, Ketchikan, check whatever their names it's are. Funny. Anybody that knows Alaska knows right. their names. Ketchikan, Juno, Ketchikan, you know, the glaciers, Anchorage, and all yeah, yeah, yeah. Seward, That's or the, Seward. Is it Seward or Seward? I don't know. Right yeah. south of Anchorage. Yeah. Anyway, Crystal and I, it's funny you mentioned that. Crystal and I have already talked and we're going to go June of 2023. We're going to do an Alaska cruise. Oh yeah. That's the way to do yep. Alaska. Yeah. So anybody that wants to come with us, let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Make it a riot podcast. A riot podcast, Alaska <laughs> cruise. We should do that. We keep talking about traveling, but uh, we, we, we need we've to tried. Do it. I know it's this COVID, COVID thing is really... it's kind of putting a, a wrench in a lot of stuff. Have you guys been affected by COVID at all out there? Well, let us know. Duh. Yeah, I know that's a that's. I'm being facetious. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the nativity today. We're gonna you know we're a week from Christmas and uh, everybody's kind of in that Christmas spirit. I'm sure they've all got their Christmas shopping done. Or not, and uh, or you be like me and get ready to start your Christmas shopping. But uh, we're gonna. Um, Pete Pete's uh, been reading this book by Doctor. Uh, D- is it David Jeremiah? Yeah, Doctor David, David, David Jeremiah. Yeah. Why the Nativity? And uh, we're gonna use that kind of as an outline today. Ask some questions, but it's kind of a really cool perspective, Pete. Yeah. So um, before we do that, uh, l- let me open us up in prayer, and then we'll we'll kind of jump into yeah. why the Nativity. Yeah. Father, we love you. We are just so grateful for this this time of year and uh, just the, the the remembering of why you came here, Lord. And uh, just what a blessing this time of year is to get with family, to remember um, why Jesus came in the in the first place, Lord, and to just kind of give you all the glory and remember that there's hope and joy in you. And uh, I just pray that you be with this podcast today. That uh, you the, the listeners uh, would hear from you through the words that we speak. So, Father, we we give you this show now. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we kind of started off our Christmas, our last week's podcast, and we talked about why Jesus even came. What was his purpose for coming? Besides bringing salvation to the world, there was five points we yeah, talked that about. that was awesome. If you haven't heard last week's show, plus it was great having Barry back on, Barry yeah. back on the show last week. But yeah, we had... Go uh, back and listen to yes. that because it was it was so good is to really break down everything that Jesus did 
and that we can then now do likewise and really change the world for what it's known. And that's really what he did. He came and changed the world. He changed culture. He changed mindset. He changed everything. So changed the calendar? Everything. Everything. Jesus is the change God. Even, even atheists acknowledge Christ, right? That's when they it. when they sign their checks and date their checks. That's it. <laughs> All right. So let's so we're gonna this is cool. So we're gonna read excerpts from the book yeah. today. So let's just kind of do an opening statement and kind of give a big picture of what it is and then we'll go for yeah, it. Yeah, let me set it up. Right. As the moon lit the treetops and the evening breeze cooled her skin, Mary rested quietly, renewing her strength. She gazed in wonder at the tiny living gift in her arms. Any child, of course, is a miracle from heaven, a firstborn in particular. Even so, Mary understood that the child she held was set apart from any other child ever born. Yet the question was, why? Today we want to share excerpts from Dr. Jeremiah's book, Why the Nativity, and explore the birth of Christ and some of those why questions Mary may have had way back then. Yeah, you know, and I and I like how what his approach is to this. I mean, it's the book is fascinating in itself and it's a highly recommended read. And he's just a really good writer uh, to begin with. But it's it's we're just doing a small little excerpt from it, right? So we're just gonna read. I think it's fascinating. I think it's gonna give like a um, kind of a big picture of kind of what we'll talk about and and I think it'd just be good for our listeners to hear. So let me go ahead and just start reading. So this is from Dr. Jeremiah's book, The uh, Why the Nativity. The words of the angels are not likely to be forgotten. They are memorized, cherished, inscribed upon the heart, and shared only with the most intimate friends. Mary and Joseph each had their visit from an angel, and each held their piece of the puzzle. Mary had been told who the baby was, while Joseph had been told what he would do. As the child increased in wisdom and in stature, can we doubt that his parents shared the angel's words over and over and over again? You are the Son of God. You will save your people from their sins. It's not surprising that in Luke 2.49, Jesus spoke of his mission. His very first recorded words were to tell his parents they should expect him to be involved in his father's business. <laughs> Luke tells us that his parents didn't understand his words. What was his father's business, they wondered. Who was the young boy with the 12-year-old body and an ageless wisdom? We can imagine he whispered conversations between Mary and Joseph late that night. Why did Jesus come to earth? And when the time arrived, as inevitably it would, where would he go? What would he do? Would, he, would the world finally understand the incredible secret held only between heaven and one small family? When the day of fulfillment came, some three decades after his death, Jesus had been given many years to wrestle with the identity told to Mary and the mission told to Joseph. We can imagine that he spoke often with these two. He discoursed with the local teachers, discoursed with the local teachers. He poured over the words of the prophets until they were poor, they were part of his very being. I am the one Isaiah described so long ago, he said, he thought of in Isaiah 53. There must have been moments when he mourned the loss of the simple life the common life, the life of marriage and the children of grandchildren that he knew he must not choose. But his heart was true. When he knew the time was right, he journeyed deep into the wilderness alone, denying himself food and water. There in solitude, identity and mission came together for him. There Jesus himself confronted the temptations of the devil 
and he mastered them. Wow. That's the first part of this little <laughs> book. Man, I want to get on Amazon and order the book right now. It's so well done, that's, man. That's awesome. It's so well done. But again, I just, as you just listen to this, you, you it, it helps you take back to, you know, the, that moment in time. You know, here's Jesus living out this purpose, this mission that he had for his life. And, and I loved how the very end of this where there in solitude, identity and mission came together for him. I mean, think about it. There in solitude, identity and mission came together. Look at our own lives. I mean, because of what Jesus did, because of the example he left, because of him coming to earth, we now have the opportunity to know our mission and our identity that is in Christ. And Jesus taught us that. And that's kind of one of the things that he was there. But, you know, I think that Jesus, let's read Isaiah 53. I think this will put it really into perspective of, of what, <laughs> what mission did Jesus fulfill? And Isaiah 53 just spells it out. So let's just listen to this and then we'll talk about it. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgressions of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Wow. Selah. Wow. Right? In the, in the Psalms, that after one of the Psalms, it will end with Selah. And that is there to meditate on that. Think about these things, you know. Um, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, as you were just sitting there, I'm just, I started tearing up a little bit. 
Because if anybody has read the Gospels, okay, if you read the accounts of Jesus and and you've seen the purpose and the ministry and you've read those red letters and heard his voice and then understand the, the outcome, as you're reading Isaiah 53, you could start just seeing the prophecies being fulfilled yeah. one after another. I mean, it was... It, it, Isaiah 53 just brings to life Jesus's mission on here on earth. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why he was born. There's a reason why he died. And, and I think this first part was just talking about that. And wow. so, so how do, how do we, how do we, how do we take from that? What is, I guess the question that we can ask is this Christmas season is what is the mission and the purpose that God has for our own life? I think that's a great question because Jesus in the solitude he recognized and realized the reason why he went away into the desert to, to, for 30 days was just to really just align himself perfectly with the Father. He wanted to be obedient to the Father. And I think that's the, that's the message to us. Don't take what the Father, don't take Jesus' coming for granted. Hmm. Learn from it. Understand that he came for a purpose. And then he said, now, you know, in John 17, that they are to do likewise, that to go and to do likewise. You know, and, and so I think that's something that we can glean from that. Anything else? Just reading Isaiah 53, I, three words come to mind. In fact, I was just looking in the margin of my Bible. I've written three words, and it just says, thank you, Jesus. Mm. It, just reading through that. I mean, it just, like you said, it's the gospel. I mean, it's the gospel. Hundreds of years before, you know, Jesus even comes to earth. Here we are. Isaiah's talking about it and giving us a picture of what's going to happen. And then Jesus fulfills every bit of of I, that. It's just I love unbelievable. That, I love the details went to there's no beauty in him. That he didn't come as this, oh my gosh, that guy's amazing. Oh yeah. He Movie just, star, no, he, super gorgeous. He just yeah, came yeah. as a normal guy. He's a normal guy. But yeah. did an extraordinary thing. So we don't you know, if you're beautiful, you know, it's so what we as humans, we, what we think is important, that God doesn't think is important. <laughs> he came humble. Yeah. He came uh, dis- despised. He came uh, and carried our grief, it said. Mm. I mean, he he came as a, you know what? You do not understand what I'm doing for you, but I'm going to do it, do it for it you anyway. anyway. Yeah, so good. I mean, it's the same thing with us. It's like, you know, how many times have we done something in the name of Jesus? And they just like, well, why are you doing this? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like, you don't understand it, but I will carry your grief. I will I will wash your feet. I will humble myself so that you are elevated. And it's, and it's because Jesus taught us. It's because of what's happening right now. Him, by him coming to this earth, he laid the foundation and, and the groundwork for us to understand why uh, we are to, how are we to live accordingly. That really is a continuation of last week's show. It I is. mean, that's exactly what we were talking about last yeah. week. What the five things Jesus would do, things that we can emulate that Jesus did. And man, so again, if you haven't listened to last week's show, jump back and and, and you'll be blessed. I promise you. It was very good. All right. So again, so why did, so I guess another question that Mary might ask is why did he have to come as a baby? <laughs> you know, how you think about it. If It's crazy, right? If, if you're the savior, I mean, couldn't you have come like Melchizedek? You know, like it Ooh. says Melchizedek. I can't say it, right? <laughs> Melchizedek. You know, it's like Abraham. They said he came from nowhere. They yeah. have no idea where he came from. You know, and Abraham's sitting there humbling himself, giving a tithe, and he's worshiping him. He's like, who is this Melchizedek? Well, sure. Jesus could have just showed up, right? But he didn't. As a 33-year-old, he, he could have just showed up. He came as a baby. Up. He did. Yeah. All right, so let's read. This, let's go on to read Dr. Jeremiah's excerpt from his book, The Why Nativity. We find that Jesus was constantly answering that great question. Why had he come? 
On 13 occasions in the short gospel records, he used the phrase, I have come. In Matthew 9, 13, he says, I have come to call sinners. In John 5, 43, he says, I have come in my Father's name. In John 6, 38, he says, I have come to do the will of God. In John 7, 29, he says, I have come from him and sent me to you, talking about us. And then in John 12, 46, he says, I have come as light to shine in this dark world. Perhaps his most moving purpose statement came on the day when he encountered a strange little man named Zacchaeus. The latter was a man of wealth and and distinction. Yet when Jesus passed through town, the little man ran ahead of the crowd and climbed into the branches of tree. I I imagine like... Was it a sycamore tree? Yeah, sycamore tree. But I was imagining like uh, Danny DeVito here. (laughs) That's good. Is right? So little little man. So, So Danny DeVito... So well, that'd be great. Oh my. So, so when Jesus passed through the little man ahead in the crowd and he climbed into the branches of a tree, his lack of dignity was appalling, but people tended to avert their eyes from Zacchaeus anyway. After all, he had made his fortune by tapping into the corruption of the Roman taxation. Conventional wisdom said that the noble teacher of godly truth should ignore such a public parasite. But imagine Jesus called the little man by name. Then suggested Danny. Danny, then suggested the two should share a meal at the tax collector's home. In the eyes of the crowd, it was a serious misstep for Jesus, and they made their opinions known. And Jesus said, I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and to save those like him who are lost, to seek and to save the lost. There is music and majesty in that statement. One focused the loss, two Actions, seek and save. The ambassador's urgent business then is a rescue mission. Wow. Any thoughts on that? So good. I, it just, again, it, as humans, well, we think, even, even the ones that I think recognized him to be the Savior, they, didn't, they still didn't understand his role and why he was there. You know, they were thinking, oh, he's going to conquer Rome and he's gonna, we're going gonna to rule this land again. And all. But they, they still missed the point. You know, that's not why he was here. He was here to to conquer something so much greater than Rome. So. Yeah, I just, it made me think of that story with Nicodemus too. So in John 3, he was walking and, and Nicodemus was like, you know, hey, I, I um, you know, he was another tax, he was another, no, he was a Pharisee. He wasn't a tax collector. He was a, you know, a bad, you know, Pharisee. A religious it, leader, right? A religious leader, yeah. yeah. And, um, and he would, and he spent time with them and everybody's like, why are you spending time with him? What's going on? And, and Nicodemus was humbled and he says, you know what? I'm going to give half of my fortune away. And he, you know, he humbled himself and he was going to do that. But it, Jesus says, well, you can't have the kingdom of God without being born again. And, and that's when he taught, you know, in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so that is, that is the message. So Jesus came not only to call the sinners, um, he's come in the Father's name to do the Father's business. He's come to do the will of God, not his own will, but the will of God. And the will of God was to save all of mankind. And he come to, um, to, to bless us, to speak life to us, to lay a foundation for us to give us hope, to give us peace, to give us understanding, to give us purpose. And then the last thing that it said here was that he came to shine light to a dark world. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, that's what happens when we speak truth to, to darkness is, is it, that's what happens when we are loving, when people are filled with wrath. That's what happens when we sacrifice our own wants and desires for the greater good of others is that light comes into darkness and, and, and people can't understand that. In fact, people are get upset with that. They don't understand it at all. Yeah, you were just reading in, in John. And in John 3, 19, it says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. So again, he is, he is the light. There he is saying right there that he is the light in the darkness. It's that's they the Bible talks about that love for God so loved and that love is agape love. And we've talked about this on the show many times. Yep. But when we share agape love with other people, that is a love period. That is a it's a divine love. You only way that you get agape love is when Christ is inside of you. It's when you accepted Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and personal Savior, where you've surrendered your life to God, then the Holy Spirit now lives and resides within you. And then as I no longer live, but Christ that lives within me. And when you're living that way, you take on agape love. And that agape love, the world cannot understand. Darkness does not comprehend that. It is divine. It is it is a love that changes you. It is a love that transforms you. It is a love that breaks you. Whenever you find yourself crying for no reason, when you see something good that happens, mm. that is the agape love being expressed. And that's what your heart is filled with joy. I want that love. I think that is good. And we can be that light because of Jesus, because of what he did. This this Christmas season, we can be that light. We can show that agape love Amen. just by sacrificing our own wants and our own needs for others. No, that's good, Pete. Let's right. move on to the next one. Um, you read it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so another question Mary may have asked is, you know, why did, why did Jesus come to be, you know, as a man, period? Yeah. So, so first one yeah. was a baby and now it's like, right. okay, well, why, what's the even, why is he coming? Yeah. So she's probably processing this. I'm just thinking, I mean, right. I don't, I would, I mean, I understand what the, you know, ask her one day. Well, I understand that they got when the angel came and said, the son of God, they're like, okay, I get it. The son of God, son of man. But I mean, I'm you're still working through it. Yeah, why? And as a 12 year old kid preaching to the you know the Pharisees, Can you imagine stuff, you're just like, what is what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is going on? To seek and to save, we think of pictures. We think of pictures of sailors clinging to the wreckage of a ship, helicopters hovering in the night sky, shining their beacons on the sea to search, uh, you know, of the living who must be saved. We think of collap of a collapsed mine where workers are trapped far beneath the earth, their oxygen runs low, and the men crouch in darkness, wondering if they dare hope for salvation. We think of a little girl at the bottom of a well, or even our favorite word picture of a single stray sheep trapped on a perilous outcropping. One animal in a flock of hundreds. Who would miss it? The shepherd would. He will leave the many to find the one at any cost. The Coast Guard will find those three or four bobbing sailors, and no taxpayer will complain about that expense. The miners will be abandoned, will not be abandoned, and the little girl must see the sunshine once more. These situations are urgent, and when they come across our television screen screens, everyone stops, prays, and waits. Mm-hmm. When those New York City firefighters uh, rushed into the rubble of the World Trade Center, they never stopped to ask about the risks. They pushed forward, fully willing to pay the highest price life can demand. The idea of rescue is at the core of our being. It stops us in our tracks. But the, tr- 
but the true tragedy transcends the occasional current event. Now as ever, the world lies in its own rubble, its own self-inflicted darkness and pain. The greatest enemy of all is the irresistible force within us, the thing known in the Bible as sin. We are all too aware of its grip upon us. We know that it on, its only work is that of destruction, and yet we enslave ourselves to it in every way. No one has the power to rise above uh, the, the grasp of sin. Therefore, the ruin of our fallen state is all around us. The debris is all pervasive. Our world's inhabitants, billions of them, long for their rescue, often without realizing what they're actually longing for. Then a light shines in the darkness. A beacon slashes through our despair. It is Jesus. He stands among, among us and says, I have come to seek and save the lost, to find you and to restore you. In fact, the word gospel means good news, and that is surely the understatement of the cosmos. The news is so good, so outrageously wonderful, that the world finds it difficult to believe. A cure has been discovered for common sin. Death itself now has an alternative, and the alternative will be so good that on the day we experience it, our feeble minds could never contain the joy involved. But it only gets better. Jesus made another I come statement. The primary reason he came to earth was to prepare a rescue mission. Jesus also mentioned a secondary goal. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Remember John 10.10? And when he said those words, he was talking about sheep again. He said that a false shepherd simply uses the sheep, but a true shepherd loves them enough to give his life for them. I have come not only to rescue you, he was saying, but to help you see all the wonderful possibilities that life can hold for you. I want you to squeeze every single drop of joy out of this life. And if I didn't come to show you, how would you have known? Wow. He's so good. Man, get that book, guys. This is so Ooh. good. So powerful. So what stood out? There was a lot of things, right? Little nuggets there. So the shepherd, so he's talking about an animal is flocked of hundreds and who would miss it? Yeah, the, the whole story of the you know, leaving the one for the 99 or leaving the 99 for the one. Um, and yeah, that to our human nature, like, and he even says that it's like, who would miss it? What's the big deal? But when you love like Jesus loves, that's the you, you go after the lost that's that's why you're here you're on a rescue mission i think that's part of the thing that stuck out to me but the other thing that stuck out to me is is john 10 10 yeah. it's like he didn't just come to rescue he wants i believe he wants heaven for us here on earth yeah i mean and, th and when he teaches us how to pray in matthew he even says that right yeah. let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven mm -hmm. he wants that for us now mm -hmm. and i think so many times it's easy to just say well i got my ticket to heaven you know, whatever happens here happens here. Man, I think he wants you. That doesn't mean things are going to be good. That's not prosperity gospel. That's just, I, I think, him saying he he has a purpose and a plan for your life that is beyond anything you could come up with on your own if you just trust it. Yeah, I, I come to give you life and life abundantly. Yes. So that's John yes. 10, 10. So good. So it's so ask. let's ask the question. So Jesus, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Jesus says... Hey, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. And, you know, we talk about this all the time on the show and we don't want to ever take this for granted. But, you know, when we wake up in the morning, we are, we, we have a purpose. So we know what we are to do today. 
And we know that when bad things happen in our life, we have opportunities to be a blessing. We have opportunities to surrender, cast our, Bible says, cast our cares and our burdens unto God. We have an opportunity to to worship God in those bad things. We have an opportunity to uh, still be poured out as a drink offering and a blessing to other people. And um, no matter how hard and no matter how rough our world gets, we still have our purpose intact. Jesus, Jesus was battered and abused. We just talked about it. Jesus, yeah. Jesus bore the grief of the world. Jesus went through persecution and beat and everything else. By his stripes. But he had a purpose. He had still life fulfillment. He still was able to love the disciples. He was able, even at the end of his life, when he knew that his life was going to be taken, he was washing his disciples' feet. He, he, he just continually saw that his purpose was to bring life to people. And then in return, he wants us to multiply that and bring life to other people. And when your focus is to live as Jesus lived, and when your focus is others first, you have abundant of life. Hmm. The, the, the world can be falling apart in, in hell in a handbasket, and your purpose is even greater at that moment because there's so many people in pain. There's so many people that understand their purpose. There's so many people that don't get it. And you can be there to just love them and to help them through it. And you have purpose and you have uh, all of these things because Jesus first loved us. And because of that, we then now can love others. But man, this is good. I mean, this is basically saying we're all looking for a rescuer. The yeah. people, listen, I'm, if I was trapped at the top of the, uh, of the, the World Trade Center, and the, and the plane went below us and I know that this is bad and it's looking bad. I'm not jumping out of the window because I have purpose. I'm praying one that God would bring rescuers and so forth. But two, we have a purpose. You know, we need to keep people calm. We can start praying for our neighbors and we know that things are happening. We can start looking at things from Christ's eyes. We have a, we have a purpose. We're not, we're there to bring life to the very last day breath of our life we have opportunity to bring life like jesus did that's it right before he died he's even like father forgive them he's still looking out for others that is an abundant life yes i'm not sitting there going oh my gosh this is the worst day of my life i can't you feel depressed you feel angry you feel grouchy you're 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 everybody around you is not happy but if you're sitting there going and speaking truth to people and loving on people and helping people in the midst of that crisis praying for people speaking life into people if someone doesn't know jesus hey if you want to know jesus you can know him today you know and, and go and be with him for all eternity you have so much to give and everything because of what Jesus did. I got excited. So. <laughs> I love it. Right. Love it when the passion comes out. All you right. got to preach more, Pete. That's you got to preach more. That's it. All right, we got one more we wanted to cover. It says, what Mary realized towards the end of Jesus' life is that he was a great gift for all who believe in him. <laughs> Amen. The Boy, best of the best. There's another understatement of the cosmos. Huh? Yeah. Mary was told that her child would be the son of God. Joseph was, Joseph was told that his child would save his people from their sins. These were the two greatest imaginable statements concerning this infant. But how could the angels possibly have explained all that those two ideas entailed? How can you explain a rainbow to those who have lived in a world of gray? Perhaps the angels themselves couldn't have anticipated the miracle of Jesus. The sheer wonder of the light that was about to break forth on the earth, like a heavenly sunrise after thousands of years of night. 
We are more fortunate, for we have his words. We have the testament of his life. Best of all, we have the experience of knowing what life can be in all of its fullness, as a wonder, as wonderful as Jesus promised it would be. Yeah, I mean, I love this part. So, but how could the angels possibly have explained all those two ideas entailed? I mean, mm. they they were divine beings created, and so we are created as humans. But then, once we give our lives to Jesus, we become divine. Remember what the Bible says is that when we're absent from the body, we become present with the Lord. And so we take on a new body, a new creation, and we become a, uh, something changed. And so the, 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 the angels are like, well, they're only divine. They only have one purpose. They have the powers of the divine, but we have, we're given both. And then it says in Hebrews that we will be judges over the angels. So we Crazy. will be placed even higher once we get to heaven because we've been both human and we've been both div- or both divine. And so, yeah, I can only imagine, but that's what Jesus did. So by Jesus coming to the earth, he gave us an opportunity as his creation to have fellowship with him for all eternity. And that's that's the biggest marvel of it all is that we are our our purpose doesn't just stop here, it continues on forever. We will live with Jesus for forever and ever and ever. And then the then we're we're not even talking about what's to be expected in heaven because you know, if you're if you're hurting right now and you're in pain right now and, and you're suffering or whatever, when you get to heaven, there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. When you, if you're dealing with the battles of sin in your own life or you're, you're dealing with the battles of someone else sinning against you, the consequences, yeah. all of that, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. In heaven, it's all gone. We'll, we'll live with him in fellowship. We'll live in mm. him with peace. All the sickness, all the crying, all the distress will be gone. So that's, the hope that we have in Jesus. If Jesus did not come, we don't have that hope. Because he came, it opened up the door, the Pandora's box for the whole world now to come into fellowship with him for all eternity. That's just mind-boggling. I was just going to say, I can't, it's it's hard to wrap my mind around that. It's just, you just can't. There's some things you're just not going to understand until eternity. Yeah, and I and I love that. It's like you know, how do you tell somebody about a rainbow when all they see is gray? It, yeah, it's well, it's hard to comprehend. Right? How do you explain violet and blue and red? They have no context. It's hard to comprehend, yeah. and that's what Jesus did. That's yeah. the marvel, mm. is he brought to light something that is incomprehensible. He brought the mysteries of God to heaven where. It's for by grace we are saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift from God, lest any man should boast. And, and that is what Jesus did. He, he brought us his grace. He gave us a new covenant. He, said, he says, no matter where you're at in this world, no matter what you're doing right now, you can say, God, I choose you. And God says immediately, you'll be with me for all eternity. Amen. I mean, think about it. And so, I don't know. So this... You know, here we go. Let's just let's just go with that and, and and close out. So, I think about Jesus every day of my life. I I can't stop thinking about him. He is my everything, and he's so changed me. And um, I I cannot I cannot beyond begin to think of my life apart from him ever again. I mean, it's it's he's he's I'm consumed. I'm completely consumed with his goodness. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have, uh, you know, in Revelations three, it talks about that you're either you're either you're either hot or you're cold, 
you're either for him or you're against him. It's like you can't be in between. And and unfortunately, I've met a lot of Christians that are in between. I've I've met a lot of Christians that are are still trying to make it in this world and they still have their purpose for the world and they still have their focus in the world. And, 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 but at the same time, they want to be a Christian and they want to be in church. They want to help the poor. They want to do all these things, but there, there's two different people. They're wearing a mask. They're not, they're not completely surrendered. And when you give your life to Jesus, what happens to you is that, as I just said, you become completely transformed by the renewing of your mind where you become a new creation. You become different. And you don't go, you no longer have a mission or a person to be the purpose, to be the richest person in the world that you can care less about that. You no longer have a purpose to be the most famous person in the world. You can care less about that. You no longer have a, your purpose is to, you know, be famous or to, you know, to have the biggest toys or the greatest, you know, house or the most cars or whatever. You can care less about that. That might be the byproduct of whatever God's doing in your life, but that is not your purpose. Your purpose, as we learned from Shannon a few weeks ago, she says, my purpose is to bring Christ to the world. My purpose is to utilize my platform so that people know who Jesus is. That is why she lives. It's not to be the very best bowler, even though her competitive drive makes her that way. Her purpose, though, is to love people to Christ. And that is why we live, and that is our why we exist. And so this Christmas season is the perfect time and the perfect opportunity to just surrender our lives to him. You know, if, if, if you're hurting, well, he gives peace, and, and he'll comfort you, the Bible says. If, you're, if you need knowledge and your lack of understanding, then he says that he'll give you wisdom and insight and get you through it. You know, if you're in pain and you're... you're, you're you, you know, you have grief and, and all that. The Bible says that just come unto Jesus and rest those that are heavy laden. And, and everything that, every question that you might have is in the word of God. God answers everything. God brings to light all truths and he gives purpose to every single person. But we have to do something. We have to either choose to get off the, the, the sidelines and get in the game. Or we have to just completely surrender and say, God, I, I'm not saved. I'm not following you at all. And I have to just humble myself now. And, and if that is you, you can do it at this moment. You don't, you don't, you don't need us to, to um, force anything upon you. If the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now, you just humble yourself and you say, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I have sinned against you. I have chosen a way that is not the very best. Lord, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. I'm, my life is not, does not have purpose and meaning. I've missed the mark, God. And I want to choose to follow you. I want to choose to do what you taught me and to follow God's way. I want to choose to be a servant of all as you have taught us. I want to I be that person that blesses others. I want to be that person that brings light to darkness. Lord, I want to be used as a drink offering, as your word says. And so if that's you, just pray that in your heart, believe it, surrender your life to the Lord, and then take on the next steps. And the next steps is get in your word, read the book of John, read the New Living Translation, get involved in a church that's, that's healthy, that's Bible-believing, that will lead you closer to Jesus. If you need help with that, just reach out to us. We would love to get you in contact with a Bible-believing church. 
We will do whatever it takes to help get you on your way. We'll help with the discipleship. We'll help come alongside you in any which way that we can. We are here from you. We're doing this to, to bring life to you. We're doing this to help open doors that might have been closed before for you. And so there's hope out there. And so gravitate to that. And so we love you. So, Bob, any other thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean, Pete, as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, I think I, probably everybody listening to this podcast knows who Jesus is, right? They, they've, they've heard the name. Um, and Jesus has done the work for our salvation. It's like, it's like that gift that's sitting under the tree, though. If you don't open that gift and receive it, it, it's just sitting under the tree. Just knowing that the gift is there is not enough. You've, you've got to actually receive the gift. And so that's why I was thinking, I would, that, that just came to mind. And, and it just reminded me, um, you know, about this, this time of year, people are just, I think, more open to, to spiritual things, to things of, mm. of, of God and things of Jesus because of, because of Christmas. In fact, Pete, the, my spiritual birthday is coming up. It's uh, December 23rd. How cool. And, and again, it was the same thing. I remember sitting at a, a dining room table looking at a Christmas tree when I asked Jesus into my heart. Mm. And it just, so I, I, maybe that's why I believe this is a great time of year for people <laughs> to, to come to know because I did. And it, it you know, the, the, the season kind of opened up those doors for me. So, man, I just, if you haven't opened that gift, Man, don't wait any longer. Yeah. Open that gift. There's nothing you have to do except to receive it. And um, man, I just you hear people all the time. People like, well, when I get when I stop drinking, I'll do it. Or when I stop doing this, I'll do it. Or God, God loves you. He mm. he he's already paid it for you. Just accept the gift. Yeah. So that's that's what I was thinking, yeah. guys. If you're watching on YouTube, so please uh, hit subscribe, comment in the in the comment section. Just tell us where you're listening from. That would that would be awesome. Or just you know wish us a Merry Christmas, whatever. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And uh, there's always our social uh, media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, everything. You, you hashtag Riot Podcast. You can search for it that way. But um, you can also um, if you're tagging it or sharing it. And that was my last ask of you is to share this with somebody. Share this podcast that. Uh, with someone that you think would would just be blessed by it, or you know would like to hear it, or would you know just be uh, just just enjoy it. So you you know people that listen to podcasts, shoot it over to them. It's really easy to to hit share, and we'd really appreciate that as well. So we are getting close to the Christmas season. If you haven't got your shopping done, this is not about shopping, but husbands, <laughs> if you have wives <laughs> and kids. Get it done. Don't wait. Don't wait any longer. But, uh, man, we love you guys. We're just honored to be able to bring this podcast to you every week. And what a blessing it is to uh, to know you're out there listening. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you're on YouTube. Any last words, Pete? Yeah, God bless. I just, um, I'm just, Merry Christmas. God is so good, guys. He's so Amen. good. I mean, I think this podcast is, one, we encourage people. So we give them truths to help remind them of things. And at the same time, we challenge people. I hope and, so. Uh, yeah, and I think there's sometimes we call you out. And uh, and so I think today was a little bit of that. And so we encourage you and we called you out. But be blessed and uh, have a great uh, rest of the week. That's and, right. Yeah, next week's right. Christmas show. A Christmas show next That's week. It. God bless, guys. Right. Have a great week of worship. Bye. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.